fictionality, the making of films. I'm John Ferguson, and we're missing Scott Heron today because he's uh, celebrating his birthday or something up in Aberdeen. He's no doubt completely drunk and uh, enjoying life to the full. Um, I'm just going to be updating you very quickly today um, on how the film's going. Basically, we've not done very much at all since uh, the last podcast. Slowly working on the scripts. Um, it's getting to the point of uh, ridiculousness now. I really have to uh, concentrate a bit more on that. Uh, I had a, a talk recently with um, John Nicholson, a friend of ours who is probably going to end up directing the film. And we were talking through some technical issues about how to do sound for the film. My original plan had been to do all the film uh, sound in post-production uh, through dubbing and foley work. And John was kind of trying to suggest we didn't do that, but we'll, we'll see what happens in the end. Um, today we're going to be introducing um, a new podcaster, uh, Lizzie Mann, who is going to be doing some uh, more kind of journalistic approaches. Uh, she's going to be kind of reviewing movies and recommending old movies um, that you might find interesting. Uh, we thought that would pan out the podcast a bit more, and uh, Lizzie kindly allowed us to include that as part of our podcast. So every now and then you'll be getting... Uh, some film reviews and uh, critiques from Lizzie. Uh, just briefly before I introduce uh, Lizzie's part of the show, though, I'm going to talk today about uh, free culture. Uh, obviously, our movie is going to be released as um, open source in the end. Uh, it's going to be Creative Commons. And that means that you can build upon our movie or at the very least learn from it. Um, that kind of stems from uh, some beliefs that Scott and I have about uh, the nature of creativity. And um, our concept is that creativity always builds upon the past. So if you imagine that um, each human life, if we had to learn everything from scratch every time, then the human race wouldn't ever progress because you just don't have enough time in life to make all the mistakes and learn from them. So you have to learn from other people's mistakes. Um, but at the same point, the pursuit of excellence and perfection should be a great goal for mankind. Um it seems like at the moment laws are becoming more and more restrictive, um, especially to do with creativity. And while I and Scott both agree that piracy is wrong, um, artistic and cultural development um, shouldn't be restricted for no reason. Uh, to restrict the flow of that kind of progression is actually against nature because, uh, you know, if you think about the way the world develops and that we all develop, you know, we are kind of growing and reacting and adapting. So it makes sense that kind of creativity should flow that way. I mean, even just in terms of, you know, modern culture, I mean, you know, I don't know Green Day wouldn't exist had The Clash not existed, and The Clash wouldn't have existed had, you know, there not been some kind of reactionary movement to glam rock, and, you know, glam rock wouldn't have come about if the Beatles hadn't been there. And it just goes back endlessly. Everybody's in some way affected by what's come before. So creativity really does always build upon the past. Um... But you know, people shouldn't be allowed. Um, to, you know, people should be allowed to own their own creations, but not at the expense of developing new creations. Um, so I'm not really sure what the exact uh, solution to that would be. But the easiest way, if you are an artist, is to take the approach that a lot of artists are doing now, and that's what me and Scott are going to be doing with this film. And that is just to release your music under well, music, film, whatever you're doing. I'm saying music because that's what I've been doing recently, but. Release whatever your work is under Creative Commons, and that way you maintain your own rights through the legal mechanisms that they have in place with their, their legal contracts. 
but it allows for other people to create from it and it allows for further creation. Uh, we're also trying to develop with this website and all these making of things that you'll learn from our mistakes. I mean, we don't really know what we're doing, but we hope that at least you can learn from our mistakes and that way creativity building upon other people's experiences will be will be maintained. Um, we really feel that technology allows for that with um, the empowerment that's coming through um, the internet and open source tools now so that even though people are physically apart, they can achieve things together, share things together and just attain new heights together. Um, and of course, the, the thing that all started this for us was Blender, which is an open source tool that we found extremely empowering. And it was creating this um, this feeling of, uh, you know, professional 3D artwork that, you know, anyone could do now because just purely because that software was there and we, we greatly admire that. Uh, so if you want to find out more about that, that's um, that's all kind of classed under this banner of free culture. So you can go to freeculture.org, that's one word, and that's actually a student movement, but it's a good place to start. Um, and of course I think th this is all kind of attributed to um, a man called Lawrence Lessig, who, uh, who wrote a book called Free Culture um, a number of years ago now which is well worth a read. It's a really good book, and um, if you're kind of interested in this kind of stuff, it takes you know an interesting stance. Even if you know about open source, free culture isn't quite about open source. It's a kind of different thing. And although they are, they're related and interconnected and they kind of support each other, it's kind of worth knowing about both if you're interested in it. Um, that book, Free Culture, is actually released under Creative Commons as well. So if you go to free-culture.cc, you can download that book for free. You can buy it as well to support Lawrence Lessig, but... Um, you can do that too. So, you know, check out the book. It's great. Um, check out all this stuff. And, of course, keep checking us out. Um, hopefully things will be moving on quicker soon. Uh, we, we say that every week, but, you know, you never know. Uh, Scott will be back next week, and uh, we'll give you a, a proper podcast where we debate random whatever comes into our heads. Um, but for uh, for now, I'm going to just uh, leave you with Lizzie, and I uh, hope you enjoy her part of the show, and we'll see you next week. Hello, hello. And uh, welcome to the first edition of this podcast. Uh, I'm Elizabeth, and I'll be your host. And uh, I'm going to be discussing films that you should definitely be checking out. Some of them will be old, and some will be new. Uh, some may be independent, foreign, or cult hits. But you kind of have to be open to all of them, because I'm promising you they're really good. Uh, today's podcast, in particular, has a, a theme uh, that's focused on some of my favorite people, the Brits. I date a Brit. So I love them. Uh, so being completely non-creative about this, I'm just going to call today's segment The British Invasion. And I'm sure there'll be other segments devoted to British culture as well. Um, and uh, the first movie that I'm going to be talking about today uh, will make you laugh, it'll make you cry, and it hails all the way from Ireland. And I know technically the part of Ireland that it comes from isn't part of Britain anymore, but I'm really hoping that no one's really going to hold it against me. But if you are from the Republic of Ireland, I apologize now. Uh, the movie is called Rory O'Shea Was Here, or if you're from the UK, it was called Inside I'm Dancing. Uh, it was released in 2004, won a bunch of film festival awards, was nominated for a BAFTA, which for you who are from the US, uh, that's the equivalent of our Oscar award. Um, and the plot line uh, is really good, but it's, it's quite simple. Uh, a young guy named Rory who has Duchenne's muscular dystrophy, uh, is kind of an ass, kind of a jerk, decides to move into uh, a home called Carrigmore, which is for disabled people. He meets a very lonely young man called Michael there, who suffers from cerebral palsy. 
who also has this really unintelligible speech. Uh, it's made of like grunts and moans. Uh, but somehow Rory can understand them. And despite the difference in their, their character, they get along extremely well and decide that they're going to try life out on their own uh, with the help of a young grocery clerk, a female grocery clerk, to be their personal assistant. Um, and, uh, you know, basic plot line, but really good. And I have a clip for you to listen to on the uh, first day that Rory arrives at Carrigmore, so you can get a little idea that this isn't just a sappy movie. One second. Rory? My name is Eileen Sheehy. Now, I hope you're quite at home with us here in Carrigmore. You'll get me home from Dorky. Oh, no, we don't get out from Dorky's here. It's not home, then, is it? Hi, everybody. We have uh, Rory O'Shea come to live with us for a little while. Now, just introduce yourself, Rory. Rory O'Shea, Duchenne muscular dystrophy. Besides the full vocal range, I have the use of two fingers off my right hand, sufficient for self-propulsion and self-abuse. You can shake me hand or kiss me arse, but don't expect me to reciprocate. Don't tolerate coarse language here, Rory. Okay, now I know what you're thinking. You're sitting there saying, Liz, you're basically telling me to watch some really sappy movie about a couple of disabled men, right? I'm going to end up crying. This, is, this isn't this is going to be funny. This isn't going to be entertaining. This is going to be really, really depressing, right? Well, it's not. Uh, I won't say that it isn't a little bit sad, um, but it's definitely a really great film. And it's not sappy. Yes, it's inspirational. Yes, it fills you full of hope. But it's not sappy in that really cheesy, corny sort of way. And if that's not enough to make you go see it, just the plot alone. I mean, it stars James McAvoy as Rory O'Shea, the, the jerky kind of ass of a kid who really just kind of wants to break free. And and he's an amazing actor. I mean, he was in Last King of Scotland, which won a couple of Oscars. He was in Becoming Jane Now, uh, Chronicles of Narnia, Starter for Ten, and he's soon to be in the movie Atonement with Keira Knightley, which is getting a lot of buzz. And if you're a girl or you're gay, he's extremely good looking too. So, I mean, that's got to be something, right? Uh, Steve Robertson, who plays Michael Conley, his best friend, you know, does an amazing job playing some with cerebral palsy. I mean, if you can't, sp- I mean, the only other person who is that six- who does a really good job of you know communicating with just their face and not being able to talk is probably Mr. Bean. And I'm not a big fan of Mr. Bean, so I mean, you know, that's got to mean something though that he communicates so much with his face. Uh, and also Ramola Garay, who plays Shaban, their, their PA. She does a great job showing how hard it is to deal with people who are completely dependent on you all the time. Especially when one of them has a crush on you and it's unwanted. And I'm sure every girl out there, and maybe even some guys, can understand how that feels. To have unwanted attention coming your way. Um, so definitely go check it out. Uh, just to let you know, it might be, you know, a little hard to find... Um, you can ask your local rental store to ship it in. You can go online, probably, if you use those online rental places. And if you know me personally, just ask to borrow it. You know? No problem there. Just, you know? I'm I'm willing to let you borrow it. It's a great movie. I want everyone to see it. So check it out. Alright. The next film is called Cashback. Um... And it's been getting kind of a lot of praise, and has been for the past couple of years. It was released as a 20-minute short in 2004... And it won a bunch of awards, and it was even nominated for an Oscar. Um, it then 
was made into a feature-length film, which was released in 2006 at film festivals, and then was released uh, on DVD in 2007, about a month ago. It's won a bunch of awards as well, just like Rory O'Shea uh, was here. Um, and this is this is a, a great film about, you know, Ben Willis, who is an art student. He recently breaks up with his girlfriend, and he f- finds himself suffering from insomnia. Um, and he decides to take those eight hours that are not being used and being productive to work at a grocery store on the night shift. And while he's there, he learns that, you know, the clock is the enemy, and anyone who's had a job... And I've actually worked at a grocery store. When you look at that clock, it is the enemy because it makes time go slower. So he learns to freeze time, uh, almost literally in the film. And, you know, while he's there, he meets a whole bunch of interesting characters, including Sharon Pinty, who might just solve his sleeping problem. Um, now, I know it sounds a bit weird, and it is, but it's extremely good. Um, you know, Sean Biggerstaff plays Ben Willis. You know him from Harry Potter. Uh, and the Sorcerer's Stone, and Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, playing Oliver Wood, the Quidditch captain. Um, and he's really great in this film. He definitely looks innocent and looks kind of like inexperienced in the ways of the world, and I, I think it just adds to the film. Amelia Fox plays Sharon Pinty. Um, she's really great, and it's kind of the unconventional, you know, female love interest. Sean Evans, and I have to say, he's probably my favorite character. He plays Sean Higgins. And he is the hilarious best friend that a lot of people have. Uh, he's the friend that is sex-obsessed. I think everyone out there knows one person who is completely and entirely focused on the opposite sex. Or the same sex as it may be. And is just always trying to score. And I know people like that. And that's what Sean Evans' character is. And Michael Dixon, who plays Barry Brickman, who is kind of like the dumbass. Out of, you know, he's always like the stunt junkie. Um you know, is up for a party all the time. And, of course, they deal with, you know, the intolerable manager, and everyone's had one of those. And the funny thing about this, personally for me, is I did work at a grocery store, and uh, some of the stuff that they did there, you know, racing uh, grocery carts down the aisle stuff, we did. It's a lot of fun. Um, But it is an independent film, so I'm going to warn you now. Um... The director of the film is Sean Ellis, and he is a photographer. So in the film, there is like a lot of still frames and a lot of very artistic sort of shots, and some people get very irritated with that because it's too artsy for them. Um, and there's also a f- lot of female nudity, which young men should attract you to go see this film. Um, but it's not done in a pornographic way. So you young women out there, don't worry about it. It's not going to be really offensive, and it's not going to be really awkward because it's done very very artfully. Um, there's also a lot of uh, narrative in the film, uh, because there's a lot of flashbacks, and I know I, I saw the movie with my, my mother, and, um, she kind of got irritated, she wanted more dialogue, so that's something to keep in mind, um, but it's definitely a great film, if you kind of want to get a feel for it without actually seeing the film, check out the short, uh, which you can find online, look it up, it's probably in, you know, YouTube or something, um, but keep in mind that the 20 minutes you're seeing online are also 20 minutes they use in the film, I mean, it's an independent film, cheap budget. You know, what else are you going to do? You're going to reuse the same film. Um, And also keep in mind when you see the short that that's, you know, only a small part of it, that the feature has kind of enlarged the plot. And it's much more complicated and much more interesting. And it's a lot funnier when you see it. Um, You know, uh, and and also, you know, if you want a great kind of date movie and you don't want to go 
go and watch a chick flick, whether because you're a guy and aren't interested, or you're a girl and you don't want your boyfriend bored, or just not interested. This is a great love story. It's kind of really unconventional. Uh, kind of like, you know, not unconventional in the way Secretary was unconventional, but still kind of unconventional about how, you know, you find love in kind of the weirdest places, and sometimes you just kind of need to open your eyes to really see it. Um, once again, you know, this film might be hard to find if, you know, your local movie store or whatever cares about independent films, you may find it, but you're probably going to have to buy it online. Once again, you can always borrow it from me or my boyfriend. I know he has it. Um, it's a great film. Definitely check it out. Um, it's definitely worth your while. But as I said, if you really don't like artsy films, it might not be for you. That's right. Hong Kong. The uh, last movie, if you couldn't guess, that I'm going to be talking about is Train Spotting. Uh, most people know it, but there are the few occasional people who have absolutely no idea what the hell this movie's about. It was released in 1996. It was nominated for an Oscar, but it uh, didn't win. Uh, it did win two BAFTAs, though, and several other film awards. Um, it's based off a book by Irvine Welsh. Uh, I haven't read it. I have other people I know who have read it say it's absolutely great. And this is, like, a piece of cinema everyone should experience. Um, it's basically... a a trip through like the low lives the, the the people who live the lowest life in Edinburgh um, in Scotland uh, through drugs <laughs> a lot of heroin uh, it focuses on Renton uh, who has several attempts to give up his heroin habit and how all of this affects his relationship with his family and friends he's got you know uh, one friend, sick boy, who wants to be like Sean Connery, and you got Spud, who's kind of like the dimwit, and Begbie, who's like the psychotic one who wants to beat up everybody. Um, he's got the the athlete, who's his friend Tommy, who's kind of clean cut, uh, and yet kind of still wants to experiment with drugs. I don't want to give too much away. Uh, and has like a 14-year-old girlfriend named Diane. Um, and and this is what it's about, is these, these guys' life uh, with drugs... And it's an absolutely hilarious film. Uh, you know, a lot of people sit there and think, well, God, this is going to be depressing. Because a lot of people think of, like, drug films. You're going to think of, like, Go Ask Alice or, like, Requiem for a Dream. And, you know, you're going to have people, you know, if you've seen Requiem for a Dream, you know what I'm talking about. You know, you get people who, you know, have to have arms amputated and go through shock therapy and prostitute themselves. All sorts of, all sorts of horrible stuff. This is, like, the film that least tries to persuade you to not do drugs. I mean, there there is a death in the film. I won't say who if you haven't seen it. But uh, to be honest, it makes drugs look kind of fun. Not that I'm a drug taker. But it does. It's a, it's a funny look at the life of drug addicts. Um, and there's some great actors and actresses in it. I mean, there's Ewan McGregor who plays Renton. And I think everyone knows Ewan McGregor now. I mean, he was in Moulin Rouge. He was in, you know, the prequel Star Wars films. The Island, Big Fish, Velvet Goldmine, which is another movie of mine that I'll have to do at another time. Uh, Johnny Lee Miller, who plays Sick Boy, who's in Hackers, Mansfield Park. Robert Carlyle as Begbie, who's in The Full Monty. Angel's Ashes, The Beach, and recently more in Aragon, which unfortunately didn't do as well as I hoped it would. Uh, Peter Mullen, who plays Swanee. He, you know, Session 9 in A Clear Day, Children of Men. He's a really big Scottish actor. A lot of people, if you're from Britain, especially from Scotland, you've probably seen him in a lot of films. You know, you've got these amazing guys, you know, um, and there's definitely a, a, a 
comedy, you know, this movie. Um, you know, it's hilarious. It's a cult film. It's a hilarious look at people you hang around with and why the hell you hang around with them, especially, you know, when you've kind of matured past them. Um, you know, may not be comfortable to watch with your parents. I don't know. But it's it's really uh, a great film. Um, keep in mind, if you're interested in this film or have seen this film or um, and you want to read the book, you know, it is in Edinburgh. There is a bit of an accent. Uh, and even the book that, uh, is written kind of in, you know, the actual slang and how people actually did talk. And um, it's phonetically spelled. So, you know, you may not be able to understand all of it. Uh, but definitely check this movie out. You know, I promise it's really funny. I mean, there's some scenes with babies crawling on the ceiling and, um, you know, shooting things and getting into fights at bars. And, you know, there's this amazing but disgusting scene of Ewan McGregor climbing through a toilet to get a suppository. You know, this, the, you know, it's hilarious. Definitely check it out. Um, and, uh, you can also rent that for me. You can get that on almost any, any movie rental place, you know. But I recommend you buy it, because I think it should be in anyone's collection. Uh, and just for the hell of it, also, this week, there's a British import that you should be checking out. It's Hugh Laurie, and the release of The House Season 3 on DVD. Anyone who knows me knows I'm a huge House fan. It's a great show. Get into it if you're not already. Um... But definitely check it out if you are a house fan. Go pick it up. It came on sale, like, last week. You can go rent it. Whatever. Great, great show. So, uh, yeah, that's the end, I think, of my show for this week. Uh, we'll probably do another edition of The British Invasion, because there's tons of great movies by the Brits. Um, you know, we're probably going to be do some where it's, like, a countdown of top ten whatevers. Uh, you know, I might do some ones if I go to the movies and see something new. You know, I'll do it. Um... But until then, you know, go to your local store, rent some of the most obscure movies you can find, or some really old ones, because you know what? They may turn out to be some great movie gems. So thanks for listening. Talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.